0: You're listening to the audio-only version of a video podcast. We thought you'd enjoy an audio version to listen to in the car or anywhere that you can't keep your eyes on the screen. However, this is a video show, so to get the most from today's episode, visit twipapps.com, where you can watch and subscribe to the video podcast. Today on the PhotoApps.expert podcast, Josh Haftel from Adobe takes us into the ever more mobile world of photography with Adobe Lightroom Mobile. Welcome back to the episode one of the season two of our app show. It is so good to be back and especially to be kicking off season two with an amazing guest. I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Josh Haftel, a senior product manager at a little company you might have heard of before called Adobe. Josh, small company. Well, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It is going fantastically well. I am so excited that you are on the show with me. This is going to be a lot of fun today.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been uh, been a couple months back and forth trying to figure out when we can make it all work out. So I'm glad that it worked out. That's true. I think we
0: actually were trying to have you on for the beginning of the first season of the show. And uh, that's, uh, well, you know, it happens. It happens. You're kind of busy over there, right? No, I got nothing to do. Nothing to do over there. So speaking of nothing to do, tell us what it is that you do do when you do find things to do over there at Adobe.
1: Senior product manager, what does that mean? Yeah, well, uh, I'm responsible for mobile photography here at Adobe. So I work on um, Lightroom mobile and Lightroom web as well as Photoshop Express. So those are some of the products that I work with the various teams on from engineers to designers to try and figure out how we're going to make the products more fantastic, more photographic.
0: Excellent. And mobile photography, that that's one of those things that might catch on. Is that what I've heard? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few people out there, a couple billion (laughs) Photographers out there, <laughs> a couple billion photographers, a couple billion iPhones and Android phones, and all these fun devices that that uh, allow yep. mobile editing, mobile photography editing to be what it is yep. today. It
1: is actually interesting, though, to think about. Uh, mobile photography does mean a couple different things to different people. Some people think of mobile photography means I have to take a picture with my phone. and Is it in the screen? Yeah, there it goes. Right. Um, and other people actually use in their mobile devices as mechanisms to edit their photos. So I actually uh, focus on both sides. The utilization of the camera phone as a mechanism for creating content as well as uh, using other devices like your Nikon, Canon, Sony, Fuji like a XYZ uh, mm-hmm. camera and then copying them onto your devices or even copying to your desktop and then from the desktop to the mobile device. So any way that it is like the mobile is basically mobile, it's anywhere that you are. So that's awesome. kind of what's interesting to me. Well,
0: great. That's good. Cause we'll focus on a bit of both of those today. We want to talk about the type of editing you can do for the fo- the photos that you shot on your mobile device versus the ones you shot on your DSLR DSLR DSLM camera.
1: So super duper. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how long have you been at Adobe? You've been there for a little while, right? Uh, not that long, actually. Uh, I joined in August of uh, 2015. So okay. that makes it a year and a half ish. Okay. So uh, something like that. You're still, still new blood then over there. Yeah. I mean, especially here. Adobe is one of these companies where people love it here. They just never leave. We just celebrated a bunch of 25 year anniversaries, which was yeah. when I was back at Google, I was like, ah, six months. This is like you're an old man or woman. <laughs> and here they're like, what, a year and a half? Yeah. You don't even know how to get your way around the building. Wow.
0: That's cool. Well, good. Good. Well, welcome then. To, not welcome. I don't want to
1: reverse welcome. I, I'm glad you're there. Thank you. <laughs> Making I, the problem more I'm glad to be awesome. here
0: on your show at Adobe,
1: <laughs> sitting in this chair. I'm glad to be everywhere. I'm just glad.
0: Excellent. Well, super. Then um, I, we're going to jump into the demo really quick here. Just one quickie. So there's uh, Lightroom Mobile is what we're talking about today. That's Lightroom on your mobile device. Lightroom mm-hmm. on your desktop is a paid app, paid service. On the mobile device, is there a cost associated with it?
1: So the Lightroom mobile, uh, and this is both for the uh, iOS as well as for Android, uh, it has a free version or, or it works freely, free I don't know how you say these things anymore. This, this whole mobile world is just foreign to me. But uh, what we do is we have this option that you can use the product for free, forever, ad infinitum. Um, without paying for anything. And it it has most of the functionality. There are some features, though, that you get by by unlocking it, by becoming a member of our Creative Cloud. And what that then means is that you uh, get part of, like, for example, the Creative Cloud Photography plan, which is $9.95 a month. And you get Lightroom Desktop. You get Photoshop on your desktop. You also get the ability to synchronize your files from your mobile devices, whether it's your iPhone, your Android, both, et cetera, iPad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as many mobile devices as you have synchronize with your desktop, and then you can get your files back and forth. And there's also some features like the ability to edit raw files on your mobile device, as well as the ability to do some local adjustments. Those are all unlocked by the membership. But otherwise, there's a huge number of features that work uh, in the application for free forever. Uh, And that's something that we really, it's really important for us to make sure that people have a chance to use the application and be able to get, take advantage of the, some of the unique values that it offers, um, such as like the, Pro known quality that Lightroom and Adobe Camera Raw are known for. Sure. Okay. Very
0: good. That's a, that's a great answer. It's a nice lengthy answer to a simple question. I like it.
1: Sorry. No, no, it's good. I should have said less. I should just be more. (laughs) No, it's a, it's a
0: complicated, it's a complicated answer. So it's, it's a good one. Thank you. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's just take a look at it. Why don't you unlock your iPhone, get rid of that very personal message sitting on screen there and we will share. Okay. The screen. Here we go. So there we go. There's my screen. There is your screen. So what can we learn about you just by looking at your screen here?
1: I'll, I got a food delivery. I, I like that. I like folder. you have a whole
0: food delivery folder. That's uh,
1: that's how you know I live in San Francisco. Yeah, I live in a town where food um, delivery because I need to be more productive. I live in a town where food delivery
0: means pizza. That's about it.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the food delivery stuff. There's there's a way too many of them. Uh, too many options. You, you see that I've got lots and lots of unread everything's. Um, all over the place. Uh, I'm definitely not one of those people that spends all my time. I do not believe in inbox zero because uh, it will never happen to me. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. You know, it's fun. And And the only people that call me anymore are telemarketers. So I have got 12 voicemails from that are basically just like Yeah. It takes more time to delete them than it does to actually listen to them. So I I just don't even deal with that anymore.
0: Hey, at least they're leaving messages. I love the ones that come in and there's no message, nothing. You know, that was an important call then, don't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, bottom right corner of your dock, I see the Lightroom icon. Let's uh, fire this baby up.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I, I do leave it there because um, we've been uh, adding in functionality like the ability to take photos and edit your photos directly from it. So, using like the force tap, which is what I just did, yep. uh, the 3D touch, as it was called at one point, or no, the other way around. It I used think- to be called force touch. Now it's called 3D. Who does, push hard uh, on your
0: screen. And if it's not an I, what is it, iPhone
1: 6 Plus, 6S, 6S they added that. If yeah. it's not a
0: 6S or above, don't keep
1: pushing harder. It's not going to do any good. Exactly. It's just going to break. <laughs> but I, I leave that there because it's a fast way of being able to access the camera, since I do use this as a, a capture app a lot of times. Okay. And we can go into some of the reasons why uh, in a second. Okay. But just to launch the app, I, you know, just normal kind of thing. And what Lightroom has always been about is it's been about being this uh, center for your photography experience. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to organize your files, an opportunity to cull or curate your files, or what they used to call editing back before. Editing meant uh, dodging and burning mm-hmm. inside of your little mobile ecosystem. Um, and then also the ability to organize into little collections. And then once you've go into that and you can find your photos that you wanna work on. You can actually go beyond that and, and do the actual edits and then share them. But all these collections that I have inside of my app, these are all based off of uh, collections that I either made myself inside of uh, the, the device or things that I had on my Lightroom desktop mm-hmm. that were synchronized over to my um, phone here. And then I even have the ability to share them. So like, for example, this little folder of uh, all of these dogs uh, and of course <laughs> me with being photobombed that my friend would really like this one this <laughs> photobombing me uh, in here uh, back when I had blue hair and, and like, you can just see all the, the fun dogs this is one oh of the God. reasons I love New York City oh so much uh, so I don't live there I wish I lived there but just having a chance to play with all of these dogs that have lovely costumes on oh I just <laughs> absolutely love them uh, but anyway so the ability to go in here and, and organize your photos just gives you that opportunity to uh, make it easier to find and share photos with people like we just did right now. I, I think part of the reason why we all became photographers is because we love sharing photos. Sure. It's like, hey, did you see this one thing? Check it out. Sure. Um, well, I love uh, explaining to non-photographers the idea of chimping like, oh, 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 uh, They just always crack up and, yeah. and think it's quite funny. It is. But, it um, is.
0: <laughs> so you were you mentioning sharing as you opened that. Did you want to show a, a
1: way to share? Oh. Well, I I mentioned it, yes, of course, because uh, Mr. ADD, I, I got distracted by the little uh, the little icon dogs. over here, <laughs> um, which I uh, put my finger on it, and and what that icon was for is like that's the the world icon showing that I've also shared this thing uh, using Lightroom on the web, um, but I won't show that right here because it will just be a total aside. It's That's getting all excited about my app because I am. So, but
0: that, so, so, so this means that you can share, you have a collection in here, a collection of photos like this one called New York City, mm-hmm. and you can share that on the web so anybody can view it. They don't have to be in front of you. They don't have to be at your device. They can be on any web browser and look at them.
1: Right. So we have a version of Lightroom called Lightroom on the Web uh, that basically offers uh, an access portal to your images. Now, if you, the owner, log in, you can actually edit on it. And we have a lot of the editing tools available right there. You can also put things into different folders and make collections, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of the organizational and editing tools that are available on your mobile device or on your desktop are also available in Lightroom Web. But if you uh, share a link through Lightroom Web, it will also let people see it as their own, your own um, home for your photos on the web that uh, you can control who can see and what they can see in there. So it, it just gives an opportunity and I can share directly from uh, Lightroom. But I'm a little bit, uh, let me let me bring it in a little bit more because uh, I think I had my coffee today. So I'm, I'm nice and, and scatterbrained. But the idea that we were trying to get into, though, is the idea that you have these collections that you can organize your photos into. And then usually we have these collections for different purposes, whether or not to organize for the types of photos that they are or a specific task. Um, So, for example, this this NYC one was, hey, I wanted to get together all these photos of this dog parade at Thompson Square Park uh, that I shot with my phone. Um, But there's also other kinds of collections, like, for example, um, when I was in Greece. So let's uh, go down to my Greece folder, which is right over here. And we got tons and tons and tons of photos of Greece. Now, I've already gone through here and uh, culled and curated by going through and and selecting uh, different kinds of uh, images to flag or rate. So I can go in here and I can say, show me only the picked photos. And that way I can get rid of all the photos that I don't want to look at. And I can start looking at only those photos that actually have something to do with it. I said, hey, I want to edit this photo or I want to be able to um, do something interesting with it. And then we can click through them. So for example, if I tap on this photo here at the top left, you can see this photo. Now um, I can go in and I can start editing this photo. Um, If I made a mistake, let's say I, I didn't actually want this one to be picked, I can tap up in the top, go into the rate and review room. And here I have the ability to go in and and change the star ratings if I wanted to and say, oh, this is not a four star, it's a three star or unflag it or reject it. And I also have uh, down here a nice little film strip that I can pan through and see what all the different kinds of uh, photos that I've got in my little collection. But I actually want to go back into the edit uh, room and I can see that I've I've got these photos here. Uh, I can swipe through them and see the different photos that I've got inside this collection. Uh, this is, uh, something that I did. I went with, um, a photographer, a friend of mine, Elia Lucardi, and we went to Greece together and we were recording a video for, um, one of our launches earlier this year. Mm. And it was a lot of fun. And, and we of course had to do the, the, the band uh, photo <laughs> on top of the rocks. Um, awesome. and of course I had two different photos, so I had to Photoshop myself in there. So that's why it looks a little bit weird. I've got the, uh, super pale legs. I'm, I'm not white. I'm translucent. So <laughs> Well, there's Aliyah after he uh, schmoozed a bunch of people on a Italian tour bus into giving him an espresso on top of the mountain in Greece, nice. uh, which was quite nice. <laughs> but anyway, idea is that I've got all these photos now. Mo- a lot of these, I shot them both with my iPhone as well as with my, um, I think it was my Leica or my Fuji X-T1. I had both of them out there and I just put them together. And, and the cool thing about uh, this app is that you can actually import those raw files directly into it. So those raw files were imported onto my iPhone and then import it from my iPhone into Lightroom Mobile. And then I can actually work on the full resolution raw files and I have access to all that data. So for example, you have a photo like this one where you've got like super, super dark shadows. I can tap on the light. But right, before, before
0: you get into editing, I want to cut you off here real quick. Sure. So you oh just God, talked about do. importing your raw files shot on your digital camera, on your like on your yep. Fuji, on your Canon, whatever. Whatever it you're is. pulling out that memory card, you're using the camera connection kit, which I don't have one here, but that's your SD card to lightning card reader. Plug that into your iPhone yep. and you're able you can to do lightning
1: to SD. You can do lightning to USB if you want to connect your camera via, uh, I think they call it PTP mode. Right. Or, okay. Uh, picture transfer protocol. Okay. And connect that. And that's the same way actually it works on Android. Uh, Android, you can just connect your, uh, they have these OTP cables. I swear to God, OTG <laughs> on the go so many acronyms in this world. The OTG cable on Android connects you via PTP to your camera (laughs) SD card for DNG files.
0: Well, OMG, I didn't realize that you could, (laughs) good, you got that? That you could um, bring in the raw files, import directly into Lightroom. Mm -hmm. I I must have missed this somewhere along the way because I thought that you could
1: only import into the camera roll and then... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so, well... (laughs) On Android, you can actually import directly into your device. Okay. On Apple, uh you have to first you're gonna make a pit stop in the camera roll. Okay, so and you then do it. From to the camera that. roll, you go into the other app. Yeah. Uh we're we're you know, we're working on that. It's not unfortunately it's something that we don't have completely. No, no, on. I totally get that.
0: That's an Apple ecosystem thing. But okay, so you're you're importing your raw into the Apple camera roll, and then you are from Lightroom importing them into and I think you can correct. automate that, can't you? Yeah, there's this
1: auto-add functionality, auto add, right. for example, if I, I show you, tap over here, tap over here, uh, go up to the top, we got Lightroom, and then you can see uh, over here we've got auto-add auto photos, yep. auto-add videos, and you can basically auto-add your images into the uh, device so that if a new file appears on your device, it just automatically gets imported in. Now, I personally, there's different rules or different ideas or ideologies about this, I find that I use my phone's camera for so many non-creative purposes that I don't want those non-creative right. photos, i.e., hey, this is where I parked. Right. Or this, right. these are the shoes that I'm wearing in case my girlfriend wants to know what kind of shoes she should wear, uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the actual conversations that we have. This is important. you got to be alive. No judging. It's very, no judging. very important. Hey, you know, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so um, – this is the kind of stuff that we need to do, Okay. Right? And this gives you the opportunity to say, "Well, I personally use Lightroom as my mechanism for storing only those photos that I think might someday end up into my serious photography." Sure. Oh, wait a second, got to get the quotation mark fingers on that serious photography.
0: <laughs> okay. Um,
1: world. So uh, I personally have a a separation between my fun photography and my serious photography. Okay. Uh, All of it's crap, but at least some of it is more serious crap than others.
0: I'm going to give you a a possible first trying to stump you question because if you don't work this way, then you may not know the answer. But if you shoot RAW plus JPEG, I usually shoot RAW plus JPEG. I'm shooting on Lumix cameras. I like shooting RAW plus JPEG because the JPEG I can just transfer over Wi-Fi, share immediately. Mm -hmm. Also, I like the looks that the camera has built into it so I can create a look and so on and so on. But then if I import those into into photos into apple photos the only way to import um they both come over but you will in apple photos currently you don't actually see a designation of raw versus jpeg you see one thumbnail that represents it and some apps will extract Mm -hmm. the raw some will extract the jpeg Uh, unlike on the desktop if you look at photos on the desktop you see a little r or j telling you which one is front right so you don't have that on the mobile side so when you go to import if you have a raw plus jpeg pair and you import that into lightroom is it going to pull in both is it going to pull in just one or the other what's going to happen
1: it's only going to pull in the raw file. Okay. Uh, ultimately, the raw file is the the source of truth, right? You know, there's some kind of angelic choir singing whenever you have a raw file, and the JPEG, while it's useful for the purposes that you brought up, you can transfer it easily. Like uh, a lot of companies have been doing a great job making their uh, in-camera JPEGs look really good, so they're good enough getting out the door yeah. fast, fast, fast. Um, when we're working with our applications, we want to be able to take full advantage of this whole raw of course. Uh, pipeline of that course. we've got. So we optimize for the raw. No, I also shoot raw plus JPEG um, on both my Fuji and okay. my Leica because of that um, JPEG Wi-Fi transfer right. uh, capability if I want to just get something really, really quickly. But what I've noticed, though, and, and I've um, I really burned myself once upon a time by doing this, this workflow. Uh, this is before the ability to edit raw files on my phone existed. Uh, what I did was i um, I took about two years of just becoming being a photographer at one point just to make sure that uh, I got that out of my blood. and I traveled through Southeast Asia and I took lots and lots of photos and I would transfer the jpeg J, bleh, the JPEG, JPEG. I transferred transfer the JPEG over to my device and edited it, and then I got back home after two years, and I had all these photos and I was like, all right, I want to do a gallery with them. Oh God where are the raw files? And so I I had all the raw files, but then going back through and matching up the JPEG and the raw file and Mm -hmm. spending all the time to one, I was using my camera as a curation tool and picking which photo I wanted to actually use. So I would like transfer over only the JPEG, but along the way, the file name was lost and along the way, all this other information was lost. And then I was doing all kinds of destructive edits on my phone because that was all that was available to me at the time. And in the end result, like I have still to this day bajillions of photos that I've done nothing with because I didn't actually spend the time or I didn't have <laughs> the ability to, to transfer the raw files. So now I've I've basically gotten to a habit of not transferring the JPEGs by Wi-Fi anymore, which unfortunately means that I have to carry around with the little dongles, whether it's an OTG for my Google Pixel or if it's a, a lightning to SD for my iPhone. Um, but That gives me that ability to have those uh, raw files on my device, which are then entered into the Lightroom ecosystem. The raw files are uploaded to the cloud from the cloud. They're downloaded to my desktop. I have the raw file backed up on my desktop as well as in the cloud with all of my edits applied to them and any other kinds of metadata changes like changing the title or the caption of the file, all that stuff is done on the road, when I had the time, when I had the inclination, when I even had the idea in my head, oh my gosh, I wanted to take this photo and I wanted to look this way and I can do it all right then and there. And then later on, I'm, I'm done. And I don't have to worry about matching up files anymore. So right. the opportunities that we have now by being able to work directly on our phones just gives us that option of uh, being able to be very immediate with our uh, editing and, and capture and experience. And that's something that I found to be very freeing because more often than not I'll I'll tell myself yeah 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 I'll get to it later mm-hmm. and then never yeah um, because I'm not a professional photographer like I don't have the the I don't have the time sure. and, and even professional photographers I've talked to have the same problem they're just constantly trying to keep ahead of the uh the uncle bobs out there that have a camera and they're trying to sell their services for free to their the nieces and nephews <laughs> who are getting married
0: yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. Um, well, that's really interesting. And if we, if we have time and we may just make the time at the end of this, um, I mm-hmm. want to talk to you about a ROP JPEG workflow on the desktop. That's totally breaking sure. protocol of the show for sticking in this app, but, um, but it'd be worth it because, because Lightroom doesn't handle it very well. And I've had many conversations with your, yes, your I, aperture. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. With uh, Tom over there about it. We're still, we're still not at a happy place. So I'd love to know how you work on it, not to rail on how it works, but just to understand how you work on it since you do sure. have to use, do shoot raw and JPEG. But for now, let's get back to this. So you've sure. got here a raw photo shot on whatever camera shot on brought in. into imp- a Leica, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Shot on a Leica, imported into your iPhone via the camera connection kit or SD right. card reader. And we are now looking at an underexposed raw file that you're going to work some magic on.
1: Yeah, so I'm not going to work that much magic on it because, again, you know, the age-old garbage in, garbage out stands uh, true. So I'm just going to go and do whatever I can do, um, self-debasing humor here, uh, and then we can basically open up um, my edits. And so this is where I've got my light edit stack. Uh, and so you can see you've got exposure, contrast, highlights, shadows, whites, blacks, that kind of stuff. So, of course, I can just take my shadow slider, drag that over to the right and the cool thing about having a raw file is just how much latitude that it gives you the ability to pull out a lot of detail a lot of information inside of there of course i can go in here and i can bump up the contrast i can switch over to effects and then i can bring out some of the clarity uh at any point you know you can double tap we can pan around inside of here and make sure that the stuff looks good if i want to get rid of some of these things i can swipe down tap once gets you into a full chromeless mode i can i don't know what's going to happen if i rotate my phone to the. 90 degrees. Mm. It's probably going to break everything. Don't do it. Don't uh, do it.
0: <laughs> you can. I can. Yeah, go ahead if you want to. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pull up
1: What's a different view here. Oh god. There it everything goes. Went, there we go. Right. So this way I can just rotate it to the right if I wanted to take a look at it and have more information. That's the the wonderful thing. I'm rotating back. That's the wonderful thing about having uh, the devices in your hands. Mm-hmm. We you can just get the most. I mean, try turning your laptop on its side. It's kind of a pain. I
0: do it. It's It's, it's it. awkward. It's kind of hard to get to the keyboard at that point. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So, I mean, this is the cool thing that you have and, and you can go in and then we can take more advantage of some of the other controls that are in here. For example, we can open up the color stuff and we can play around with the, the white balance. So if it was a little bit off, we can tweak it. We can also um, go in and, and play around with the vibrance. And there's, you know, so many different things we can do. Uh, we can go into selective and we could say, oh yeah, I know. Um, we start off with the radial selective Selected, you can see a little plus icon over there. Mm -hmm. That means if I start dragging, I start placing a radial selective tool on here, and then I can go in and I can select from the same things again. I can go back into light, and I can brighten or darken just one area, and I can um, pan around inside of here and and just say, oh, if I wanted to draw specific attention just to this area of the image, I can do that, and then play around with the feather just to make sure that it's nice and and smooth. Um, And then I can press and hold to see before and after. So there's a lot of things that you can do and very, very easily. And the cool thing is that it's using the, as they say, the exact same math as the desktop application. So this is there's no shortcuts being applied inside of here. This was a 24 megapixel file that I'm editing in real time. Mm-hmm. It's all really smooth. Uh, it's really, really easy to use. Um, and this gives you the, the same quality. So if I export it right now, it will be the same as if I exported it on my desktop and right. um, do a JPEG and then I can share it. So if I can get my image the way that I want it to be, great. If I can't, if I need to go back to my computer, and a lot of times we have people that are asking us, well, what about color management? You know, your, your mobile device sure. isn't color management. You're right. Sure. If I put my iPhone 7 next to another person's iPhone 7, you'd probably see some differences in the color. Um, and so like, if you are somebody for whom color is super important and you want to make sure that the colors are exactly right, you can use the mobile devices as a starting point. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times I'll use it and get it like 90% of the way there. And then I go back to my desktop and maybe I need something specific on my desktop. Maybe I need my Wacom tablet. Maybe I need uh, using Photoshop and the full version of Photoshop. Maybe I need, who knows? There's so many different reasons why I might not be able to get it finished. And that's fine. But the cool thing is that I got that 90% of the way there and I only have to do 10% later on. So the cool thing about being mobile and being available to have access to the stuff is just, that, that immediacy that you get and, and it's something that I find to be really exciting and I I, I love being part of, of this. And I, I will probably, uh, for those can't be track at home, say the word excited about a bajillion more times uh during this interview. I right. am a very excited individual. Excellent. And well, we like called out on like it excited. many times on my blog posts that I say <laughs> the word excited too many times. So that's
0: okay. Well, some people just aren't excitable enough. What can you say? So you're editing the raw file here because you imported it onto your phone. If you mm-hmm. step away from the phone for a second, if you're on Lightroom on the desktop, you import your raw files there and then you set mm-hmm. that, that collection to sync to mobile, to Lightroom Mobile. And so now you see mm-hmm. that collection here. Can you have the raw file sync back to your phone or only the smart preview, which is... Not the raw, but a variation of a preview file. Yep.
1: So, um, nice leading question. Thank you. Uh, the uh, you know, the answer. <laughs>
0: I, well, yeah, the, hey, I, I but uh, sometimes I, I don't because no, sometimes there's it. surprises and I go, oh, well, I didn't know you could do that. And then I have to say OMG again. So, I know,
1: no, I'm just kidding with you. No, the uh, you're, you're right. The when you transfer from the mobile device to the desktop, the raw full resolution goes from your mobile device to the desktop. If you start on the desktop, only a smart preview goes through the cloud to your mobile device. Okay. And that's something that um, it started off that way because we wanted to make sure that we weren't um, filling your phone up with lots and lots of big files and it takes a long time to download those things. And we're working on ways of making it so that you can get the full resolution onto your phone, because there are people that actually do want that full resolution on sure. your device. A- as of right now, we do have an option. Um, and this option, of course, is um, when you are uh, it's, so far, it only matters if you are on the uh, starting with the mobile device, meaning, like, if you have a raw file that starts uh, on your mobile device, um, it will upload that full resolution. So, you have an opportunity now that the full resolution is in the cloud. And you can see now we have this option that says load full resolution. So, if you are somebody that never, ever, ever wants to access the full resolution, for example, um, the 2048 sized file is good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's all that Facebook cares about and all that Instagram. So if you're right just going to be sharing from your phone to Facebook or sharing from your phone to Instagram, then save yourself some bandwidth and save yourself some some space on your phone. You can just tap this guy off and it will only bring in the, the low resolution file. Um, but if you want the full resolution, you can keep that on. And as of right now, it only works for files that start off from your um, mobile device, like either your Android or your um, phone or even from Lightroom web. Lightroom web also uploads the full resolution uh, file uh, to the cloud. So that gives you that opportunity. But uh, at some point, as I mentioned, you'll you'll see that there'll be even more things out there. um,
0: So if you have that turned off, load full resolution, Mm -hmm. and you import raw files into your phone, obviously at this point you have Mm -hmm. the full resolution. Once it syncs up to Lightroom mobile, will it delete the full resolution from your phone, freeing up that space and just replace it with a low res, well, a 2048 res uh, smart
1: version, smart preview? Yeah, so... When you start importing the file, it'll import the full resolution. It'll upload the full resolution. Once we have 100% confirmation that your full resolution file was handed off to the cloud, it's safe, it's backed up, at that point, we have certain triggers. Like if you start running low on space or if you don't use the file for a long period of time, there's a bunch of different things that we have inside of the application. There's also like a, a an explicit clear cache button that you can tap if you want to clear up some more space on your device. Any one of those scenarios happens and we're sure, again, that that file is safe, we will then clear it off. And then if you go back to that file, let's say that you want to edit it further and you have that option turned off, it'll only pull down the uh, smaller file. And that way you don't have to worry about um, waiting to download a potentially huge file. Like if you're using, gosh, one of those uh, Fuji GFX 50S files, I forget how big they are, like 150 megabyte files, and you don't want to download that over Your 2G network and...
0: Can you selectively <laughs> download a high res instead of having to turn it on for everything? Say this image, I want, you know, I've got it set to low res, right? But this image, I want the full res. Can I somehow say that image, give me
1: the full res file? Right. Uh, there's not a way of doing that selectively okay. at this point. So it's it's kind of a global setting. It's either you're going to get the full resolution or not. And right. that's something we're also working on improving. Yeah, that, so that way... There's a feature request for you, bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. There, there's so many opportunities it's great I, I love working in an <laughs> opportunity rich environment where we can continue to make great progress and, and improve things like there's nothing more boring to me conceptually of having like a product that's 98 of the way there and you're just making tiny little improvements sure. I, I love having great opportunities and i wow. love hearing from i hear all the time from all of our users either i did a an ama on reddit we heard from a lot of people I did uh, my blog posts or comments a lot of places and you'd hear back from these really super enthusiastic users who just want feature A or feature B or feature C. And it's just fun to hear that because You know, a lot of times we can use data, we can use intuition, we can use all kinds of ways of saying what's a good priority, what's not a good priority, or or where's the direction that we want to take the product in. And so features obviously need to have these features in order to get to you know the three year plan out there. But hearing from people that say like, hey, you'd make my life so much better now if you had this feature inside of there, it's the best thing you could ever tell a product manager. Fair enough. Sounds good. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to the review, the comments on your, on your page.
0: <laughs> we'll share them with you. All right. Let's, uh, let's see some more features in here. What else can we do with this sure. app?
1: Sure. Well, uh, lots of things. Lots of things. I, mean, geez, lots of things. I don't even know anymore, all the different kinds of things that you can do in the app. Um, Usually what I do is I have a very, very uh, common workflow that, that okay. I take, uh, which is, you know, I'll, I'll go in and I'll, I'll start editing photos. Um, so for example, I was out, uh, we did a, a summit with a bunch of um, professors from universities. And one of the things that they told us to do is go out and take three photos that represent Santa Fe. And so here I've, I've, I've taken a couple of photos. It's currently downloading that full resolution file because this actually, I was shot uh, on my phone As a DNG file, and we'll we'll talk about that in a second. It Looks like my Wi-Fi died. Oh no, it's back again. Uh, (laughs) One of the fun things when we're setting up Wi-Fi,
0: there's not that great.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's it's because we have so many people in this office, and they're all on Wi-Fi that it just takes like. That's why I had to like run and get like connectors for my laptops to to connect over the 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 data. We we have huge pipes. I mean, there's like a gigabit connection in here, but. The Wi Fi just yeah. constantly falls apart. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm sure that we'll get comments about, like, look, hey, why don't you have an IT department that does blank. <laughs> anyway, looks like we're good to go here. So, yeah, so I, I got my photo, it's ready to go. Uh, and then I can start editing it, but it's already been edited. But some of the things that I like to do a lot of times is, is refine and tweak them and, and make it look the, the exact way that I want to have it. Sure. So, we do have some uh, additional, like, more detailed or higher um, uh, precision tools, like the curves tool. So for example, I can go into this curves tool and I can modify the enhancement even further. And I've got at the bottom, you can see like the red, green, and blue, or just specifically the red, the green, the the blue, or this one, which is the parametric EQ if you like using that one. I personally don't like the parametric EQ because I feel like it's kind of this uncanny valley of <laughs> uh, that doesn't give you all the control, but it's not that easy to use. So I personally prefer to use this curve. So a lot of times I'll, I'll, I have a tendency to apply the, um, uh, Kind of flattening effect where I bring up like an s-curve plus a little bit of a you know, lightening the shadows mm-hmm. bringing down the, the highlights you know crushing everything so that you've got all this point together and of course we can you know double click in here and, and tap around and see where what's happening with the the shadows as i'm doing that and bringing this down here so being able to modify these um tools directly or, or more precise tools is really interesting or really useful uh, we also have like a color mixer um, what's neat about this is as we've improved it in this recent version, so if I tap on the, uh we call the target adjustment tool, which is this little guy right here, uh, looks like a, a four-way stick mm-hmm. on the back of your Fuji X-T2, uh, you can then tap on any part of the image. Now, you'll see at the bottom the blue highlight is saying that I'm going to currently affect hues. If I want to affect the saturation or the luminance, I just tap on that area. So now when I tap on that uh, part of the screen, you can see I can make the blues brighter or darker. That's great and then I can make this part brighter or darker. And so this is, and then the greens brighter or darker. And this is fairly new. What's that? This is quite new, this feature? Yeah, that was released. I mean, we did have a target adjustment tool previously, it just wasn't as efficient. Like you had to tap and then adjust and then tap and then adjust. In this version, we made it so that you just turn it on. You go in there and go. That's awesome. And then turn it off. Um, okay. And those are the sounds that it
0: makes in <laughs> <laughs> And this, that's going to sync up with the same tools in Lightroom desktop. Yep. That has all exactly those
1: all these things. They they all exist in Lightroom right. desktop. Now there are features in Lightroom desktop that do not exist inside of here. Uh, one of those things we get all the time is like, what about? Um, noise reduction, or what about sharpening, or what about a brush tool? We don't have those just yet. Some of those things, uh, the noise reduction has been one of those uh, tools where, yeah, it's it would be interesting to have it. It's also incredibly difficult to right. run it on a small little device because it's very process intensive. You may even notice on your big hunkin' desktop at home, you move one of the sliders, it takes a little bit of time to update your whole screen. We try and eke the most signal to noise ratio sure. out of the our devices or our, our algorithms which is very processor intensive and so we're looking into ways of making that work so it doesn't mean it's not possible just means it hasn't happened yet but great all the things that are, are in lightroom mobile are in lightroom desktop so there are it's basically a subset of lightroom Desktop. and perspective yeah, all these correction exist that's in not here. in there yet either is it i'm sorry perspective correction mm-hmm. Straightening light. Not yet, no. That's that's a biggie for me. That's not in there yet. It's something I I want in there um, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I really like perspective correction. It's something that's really helpful. I use it all the time. time Because I do a lot of street photography. I do a lot of walking about. I mean, that's the cool thing about having one of these mobile devices is that I've got it with me at all times. And I have the ability to be out there and be like, oh, that's a really cool person over there. That's a really cool building. That's a really cool this. And um, because I've also noticed that one of the fun things, uh, quote unquote, fun things about mobile devices is that you don't have the viewfinder. And because I found that myself, at least, when I don't have a viewfinder, like where I can just like shove it up to my eye and just block out the rest of the world, I'm not as good about like the perspective and Mm, parallax issues. So I find that my images that I've shot with my mobile devices need a little bit more tweaking uh, in that sense. So yes, uh, you can use that as an idea that it's something that is important to me and usually things that are important to me eventually make their way into the app.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Good. I like, um, I'm yeah. glad that it's So there's, you. there's that.
1: There's also like split toning stuff in here. So if you want to go split toning, um, I'm not the biggest split tone user, but I've seen lots of people use it in interesting ways. Sure. Um, Another thing you know uh, that that I think about when I think about split toning, I think about presets and a lot of a big request that people have a lot of times is when are we going to get presets in here? Uh, We do have some presets that are built into the application. These are not the same as the ones that are on your desktop. They're not synchronized just yet. It is a a big request that people have. But one thing you can do, like a little tip to get around um, that lack of it, is that you do have the ability to take an image. For example, let's say that I like the effects on this image. Um, I press and hold and I hit. No, I don't want any copy too. I didn't want to do that. Sorry, I'm forgetting. Uh, I can hit copy settings here and select all those things. And then I can, for example, take this image here and I can paste the settings. So as soon as it's loaded, it'll have to load going through our slow Wi-Fi again. But the idea is like if you have an image that has a series of effects on it that you really, really like, you can then apply that um, to another image like a preset by copying it off of one image and applying it to another. So I know people that use uh, images as... um, Presets. So this would so be an image, you,
0: for example, make a collection on Lightroom on the desktop that has whatever effects applied to it, effects that aren't even possible,
1: you don't have an interface for on Lightroom mm-hmm. mobile and then lift. Like this one, actually, I, I realized on that image I had gone back into Lightroom desktop applied uh, upright. So okay. if you look at this before, uh, you see the image does deform a little bit. And so you can see that I was able to copy all those things, including things that don't have an interface inside of this application and paste them. So we have people doing that with uh, camera profiles or lens profiles as well. Uh, and because like those don't exist just yet in the app. So it's always fun to see uh, folks taking these uh, workarounds as, as ways. So I, I know people that have a collection that they use as a preset right. folder. Right. So they make a collection sense. full a of images. Tip. and. Sure. I mean, obviously we want to make it so you don't have to use workarounds, but uh, the cool thing is that there are ways of doing sure. it until the features make their way into the application. Nice. Very nice. All right. Very cool. Yeah. So one other thing that I guess I could show is um, the camera experience that we have. Sure. Because that is another al- element in here. Um, and of course, that the actual, the good thing about that is then you get this really awesome behind the scenes Uh, Of like how we got to where we are today. Hold on to your Uh, seats,
0: folks. (laughs) Oh, it's really wonderful. Like
1: I, I, let's just be known that I am creative. I'm a creative individual. All right, so I can turn this on. Okay, so I'm gonna allow that. Now I've got the camera open, and we got we can see now that I. I, In order to get the um, the video camera at a good place, I had to put the video camera (laughs) on a. Filing cabinet drawer. Filing cabinet. And I, I've got the microphone on top of a trash can. Very high tech. Very high tech. Yeah. And then I got my other computer over here. This is behind the scenes. This is like how the sausage is made, folks. It's like the the jungle upton Sinclair, right? It's too funny. <laughs> I love it. But the cool thing, all right, we'll 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 stop that. We'll we'll look at my ugly mug instead. Ah, look at that. Hey, let's go. There he is, choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many different places. Uh, and now you can see what's the difference between different uh, angles of view, right? So long my nose is significantly larger and more bulbulous using the <laughs> wide angle close up than the telephoto far away. And so but you, and you
0: can switch to the telephoto. Oh, you're using the front facing camera. If you flip over yeah, to the, the rear the camera, camera thing, then yeah. you can so, switch to the telephoto lens on exactly. your iPhone 7 Plus, which is what you you've got right the bottom there.
1: Right. We can tap yeah, on that boom. one, it goes to a telephoto mode. We can tap on it again. You have also the uh, ability to shoot in DNG. And that, that's really one of the things that's really powerful and why I end up using this um, device. Uh, or this app, I go into the professional mode um, where I can now go and I can select specific exposure compensation by just swiping left or right. Um, And so one of the things that I found when I um, shoot with an EVF-based, electric uh, viewfinder-based device like a mirrorless camera, I find that I spend very little time adjusting any setting other than the aperture for depth of field effects other than than the exposure compensation. So usually I'll just go wide open and very, very infrequently will change my uh, aperture ring and then I'll just use the uh, exposure compensation. And that's why we made the exposure compensation really, really easy to use. It's just a swipe left and right. And that way you don't have to think about like, we don't do the math anymore. I remember I used to do a lot of long exposure photography and then the long exposure photography would be, I'll stop making people sick by trying to not move it so much. You know, do a lot of long exposure photography and you'd have to do the whole thing about, oh, I need to now figure out, well, what's the 10 stops, 16 stops. For then sure. That means that this would be 100th of a second, 150th of a second, 120th of a second, basically go all in down from there. We don't have to do that. You can just swipe, swipe right. From where I like writer, that. I don't think I knew that was there. Make it that's darker. great. Very, very easy. Uh, and that's something that, that is very important to me. Um, and then you also have ways of being able to say, like, let's set the focus specifically uh, or lead on autofocus or the white balance and change the white balance around here. And we, Basically say, oh, that's the white balance for this room. Cool, now everything's really blue. We can go back to automatic white balance. Um, Double-click to reset things. Um, You even have these fun shoot-through presets, uh, which is also what's interesting about that is that these things will be shot uh, in RAW format in DNG with all the content and the data stored. This black and white effect is only being applied in metadata, so that way we can modify it later on. So if I go in here and I... I accidentally picked the flat black and white, um, which is all nice and everything's flat. And I shoot this photo, you know, we can do this. We can even do it in real time. And I can close out of here and I can go back uh, to my photos and, and it will import into here. There we go. And let's say I didn't like that. Um, I can go in and I can say, oh, well, did I not want it to be in black and white? No, I wanted it to be in color. And now it's in color or I can go back into the curve because the way we did that was and you can tell mm-hmm. who made that preset. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, I'm, I'm a one trick pony in many ways. <laughs> I do the same thing all the time. But yeah, so it's really fun. I mean, there, there's so many stuff that you can do in here. And I just personally love uh, playing with the app and, and getting uh, seeing our photos and going here and looking at, you know, just just keep on playing with our photos. I, I don't know. Like for me, like photography is all about going out and exploring our worlds and being uh, present all the time and, and actually being aware of your surroundings and just seeing the world in different ways and remembering it and then just capturing those images. And one of the things that I, I have a tendency to to say around here uh, that makes people just absolutely groan because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty cheesy all the time is <laughs> like, I I do believe that uh, the destination of every photo is to be shared. Um, And that means even if you're sharing it with your future self. So this is something where the end result is, even if you never show it to anybody but yourself, you're still sharing it with yourself. I think it's really, really important that we uh, recognize our needs as human beings Mm -hmm. to be storytellers. Tell the story. What story do we want to tell? And how do we want to tell it? And how can these applications like Lightroom help us tell that story by making sure that we have the right photos that we wanna share and have the the things that are important inside of that photo active and visible and and attention focused on the right parts of the image. So those are all things that I find to be incredibly important and um, we talk about all the time and how can we make this uh, a great product for people. Nice, love it, very good. All right,
0: well, let's get one more cool feature, some editing feature, um, mm-hmm. something, I don't know, let's do this something that you think is relatively hidden that a lot of people probably have missed. It doesn't have to be a big feature, just something in there that you think a lot of people have missed.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, I know one. Um, And this is something that uh, we've had people asking about, uh, like, is it possible? Can you do this? Let me find an image that I like. Because of course, this is where we play show and tell. (laughs) We have good photos. So uh, I like this photo. Uh, I was in India recently (laughs) and I just love the... The guy blowing bubbles. Cool. I just, I love bubbles. There's something about bubbles. Like for a long time, people always said that I really love the Powerpuff Girls, specifically the bubbles. Powerpuff <laughs> Girl. I don't know why. Um, my life is just full of people telling me that I like weird things. Uh, and then me saying, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, so I, I love uh, this guy blowing bubbles, okay. um, but we can go in here and we can uh, modify some of these things. We can say, well, maybe the, the, it's too dark. Maybe I think it's too dark. Um, going in here and like grabbing the slider, it's, it's easy to maybe miss it and go too much. So one of the things that we did add in here is if you tap on one side or the other, it will step through just nudging it little Um, bit by little bit. And so this way I can like focus on the image instead of focusing on the slider and saying like, Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Oh, there it is. Perfect. Done. As opposed to like trying to like fight with the slider and my big fat finger and my, tiny little screen especially
0: on a smaller screen you go down to like a 5se and the screen's microscopic compared to that yep and uh, yeah okay Dig it. That's so that great. was something I that, I, that
1: I didn't even know about. it's <laughs> wonderful. Like the engineering team is like, Oh, we just, we did that because it made sense. And we're like, yeah, you're right. It does totally make sense. That's really cool. And thank you for doing that. And why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they
0: can't tell you everything. Got to leave something <laughs> yeah, up for mystery. Okay, super. Well, there's a great tip that uh, I would wager many, many, many of our viewers have never seen before. So that's fantastic. Right on. Sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Of that's course. cool. Yeah, no worries. Great. And obviously, this is one of those apps, folks, that is millions of features deep. Okay, maybe millions is a bit of a stretch, but there are so many features in here. A full demo would take hours and hours and hours, and, you know, we don't want to take up your entire day. So yep. uh, we will not go into every single feature in here, but this is just barely, really scratching the surface of what the app can do. I'm glad we got yep. to talk about some of the mobile workflow parts of it. That's That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. that is important. And and if
1: in case people are interested in uh, learning more about this stuff, we do actually have a uh, YouTube playlist um, on our Lightroom. Um, I can put my phone you up. can, thank you, uh, on our Lightroom uh, YouTube channel. Okay, um, you can. There's a playlist for Lightroom Mobile. Uh, and Julianne Cost um, recently Julian's did green. a souped nuts. Um, which I learned recently what that means. Uh, anybody cares? Uh, but I did a soup to nuts like presentation on all the different features inside of um, the application.
0: Okay, so. fantastic. Well, I guess that means that I don't need to do it on my
1: sh- on my uh, website. <laughs> oh, please do. I also I would I would appro- appreciate that. Would be really really awesome uh, because everybody's approach. What I think is really interesting is everybody's approach to these kinds of uh, education stuff is so different. Cool. Yeah. Ultimately the. Stuff that you uncover or the stuff that the approach that you have, even the photos that you use sure. or the style that you apply in it, it, it all adds together. I remember um, you know, the, the more videos that I would personally watch when I first get in, got into this, it was so great to see the the alignment or the overlapping of certain information in it. And only then did some things finally start sure. clicking. And sure,
0: absolutely. they're still clicking.
1: It's like snap, cockle, pop in my brain.
0: There you go, makes sense. Well, Julianne is an awesome instructor. Her stuff is always good. So I will uh, check those out and highly recommend that other people check them out as well. So, all right, uh, let's go on to the next Section of the show. And then and then we're going to get back because I do want to talk about this whole raw plus shape workflow thing on the desktop. Um, but the sure. next one, the next section is the guest app pick. So as previous viewers may recall, this is the portion of the show where we ask our guests to pick their favorite photo related app. And this can be on any platform, iOS, Android, macOS or Windows, whatever you like. It just has to be photography related. And of course, it cannot come from your company. So no Adobe I products. See. So what okay. is your favorite non-Adobe photo app?
1: Oh gosh, there are. I use so many apps on a regular basis. Uh, there's there's quite a few of them. Uh, obviously, I love Visco. Uh, I use it all the time. I think it's a great app. I mean, they did a great job uh, with their the looks that they created, the the yep. styles that are in there. I think it's just really wonderful. Um, but I also really really enjoy my. Um, it's not really an app so much as it is. Like I love my Fuji Instax printer, like little uh, Wi-Fi connected printer and the app that comes along with it. I just, I love printing out things. Like one of the things that I found is while I'm traveling, I bring the Instax Mm -hmm. and and all the prints and I just print out photos for people. When I take a photo of somebody, I just print it out. That's nice. Like that guy with the bubbles. I printed out a photo and gave it to him and he loved it. It was just like, it's just a great way of connecting with people, especially since most people don't actually have photos. So it is an app-ish. Sure, I'll take it. That is really cool. What,
0: what, What are the print, the uh, whatever paper cartridges cost? What does it cost per print?
1: Is it? It's like 65 cents a print, um, something like that. it depends on if you buy big bunches of them, but it's also, I I haven't really seen them go down too terribly in price. Like the, I think 65 cents was the cheapest that I was able to find when I bought like 200 at a time. Okay,
0: okay. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I've never played with one. I've seen them, and kind of it looks like it'd be a fun little uh, gadget to oh, it's, take it's, when traveling.
1: Especially if you travel, if you do street photography, any of that stuff, yeah. it's just really fun. Like I bring it out with me all the time uh, when I do um, like go to birthday parties or at a club or something. I Just bring it with me. I just love it. It fits <laughs> in my pocket, um, my back pocket usually, wow. um, and then I just connected. You can either connect it directly to your Fuji if you got a Fuji, or you can connect it directly to your iPhone or Android device, and uh, it'll print out the photos. The color quality is really great. The clarity is really mm-hmm. great. Everything about it, it's, it's wonderful. They did a, a fantastic job doing it. So, okay. that was to me like, when I th- think about what is it that's making photography more fun, it's always about connecting with people. And one of the best ways of connecting with people is like physically. So handing them a print of course. That, they, that you just captured of them, hopefully in a flattering way, uh, that you were able to edit and process using Lightroom Mobile. Okay. Of course. Of course. Um, it's really important. Of course. And of course, like a, another app that I, I love, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say it, um, <laughs> is Snapseed, uh, since that was a good part of my life and I still love the product and the team dearly. Right. That's, uh, that's product. your,
0: your background before here. You said you're at Google working on Snapseed. Okay.
1: Yep. Very I'm good. i at Nick software working on Snapseed and all the other products in there. So, so you just, were at Nick. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think Thir- 13 years. If,
0: okay. Well, okay. Well then we must've, we had to have crossed paths back then.
1: I was there for a very long time. Okay.
0: All right. Very good. Super. Well, that's, uh, that's all great. That's okay. Thank you. And let's just get into this really tough discussion. Sure. So, okay. RAW plus JPEG. Mm-hmm. You say you shoot it yourself. Uh, yep. Just to for anybody who's not familiar with it, back in the aperture days, and even today with photos on, um, on Mac OS, you have, when you import a RAW plus JPEG pair, it is seen as a pair, the... Software shows you a single icon representing the pair, and you can choose whether you want that whether you want to be looking at the RAW or the JPEG image. Any edits that you make to either one, once you flip it to the other way, will get applied. So if you crop your JPEG and then go, oh, I really want to work on the RAW, flip it over to the RAW, the crop is applied, and so on. Very, very nice, clean workflow. With Lightroom desktop currently, when you import them, assuming that you enable it to import the JPEG files, you just get them side by side. You get the RAWs and the JPEG side by side. There's no pairing, no matching at all. And it can be a little daunting if you want to, Like for me personally, one of the workflows that I regularly used to do but really can't anymore is, let's say I'm doing a client shoot, I'm in the studio, I've got a client in here. I've got a look dialed into my camera that's of course embedded into the JPEG that's not on the RAW. If you, If a client looks on the back of your camera and they see this nice saturated or flat or black and white or whatever image, and uh, uh, that's what they see on the camera. And then you pull it up on the computer. You want to look on the big screen. It doesn't look that way. And it's really hard to tell a client, visualize this in black and white. It just never, never, ever works. No. So the idea is that you show them the JPEGs and then you can go through and they mark their, oh, I love that one. I love that one. You're marking flag it, star it, color it red, whatever you're going to do. And then with previous workflows, you could just take all your flagged photos. Now the client's left, flip them over to the raw files. And now I'm going to do black and white the way that I want to do it and do it for real. So we don't have that kind of a workflow inside of Lightroom. It's something that I've been begging and begging our friend Tom for for years now. And um, hopefully one day it'll happen. But in the meantime, what kind of a workflow do you have, Josh, for dealing with the raw and the JPEG on Lightroom desktop? And I understand you're not shooting with clients like I would be Mm -hmm. in that type of setup. But how do you deal with those separate files that don't have any relationship to each other?
1: See, for me, JPEGs. Only serve the purpose of allowing the Wi-Fi transfer, OK. and that's it. So I, I actually don't use the JPEGs in any way, shape, or form once the files get to my computer. So I, I just completely toss them. Okay, I don't actually do anything other than the raw workflow for me personally. So on your Lightroom and,
0: import, you have it set to ignore the JPEGs. What is it? it the right. command is treat JPEGs as separate files. So that's just turned off. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think that's the toggle direction. Anyway, okay. So you're just ignoring them completely at that point,
1: right? exactly and then one of the things that i find is um you know the the, the issue that you mentioned uh, with the client perspective that is an issue that uh, is a time issue right you you just need to be able to quickly respond to the client being right there Um, if you don't have a client breathing down your neck while you're working on um, your images one of the great things that that a lot of people are not familiar with inside of Lightroom on the desktop is that we have gone through and painstakingly recreated the camera profiles for those different styles of effects that you might apply to your images. So uh, Fuji is a great example. It's very commonly used as like, hey, we love the, the new Acros film style or I love the Velvea film style or I love whatever that one film style is inside of uh, the camera calibration panel which is the farthest on the bottom on the right side of the edit section there is a pull down menu for camera profile and you can select from in there the default is adobe standard you can pick from there the uh, velvia or acros or whatever those other ones are and it will look just like the jpeg looks mm. or look just like it looked like on the back of the screen so we have gone through and recreated all of those profiles from all the different camera manufacturers not just fuji but also uh, any other camera manufacturer that has other ones like canon and icon also do that uh, similar thing and i'm not familiar with all the other camera brands in the world but great i'm sure a lot of folks have different kinds of styles that they build right into the camera and we've spent the time to rebuild them ourselves so that way you don't have to make that decision between like oh god i love the way the jpeg looks but i don't really want to spend the time on the raw file so but i'm you know a lot of people have this problem where they're like oh I, what should i do should i Spend time trying to figure out how to make the JPEG look like the RAW file. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the other way around. The RAW <laughs> file looks like the JPEG, or um, do I just use the JPEG and, and you know lose that on the benefits of the RAW? Right. And it's a it's an annoying question to have to ask. You shouldn't have to like decide between looks good or better quality. You should be able to have better quality that looks good. Sure. So that is something that that isn't there. So for those scenarios in which you don't have the client reading on your neck, you don't have to worry about making that uh, amount of effort. It, it should be pretty easy to just go down, pull the the correct option from. The camera profiles pull down okay
0: key. here i'm going to show i'm going to bring this up real quick so people can see what it is we're talking about here so here we're in lightroom on the desktop i've just opened up this file in the develop module and we're down here on the bottom right in the camera calibration under profile so this is a canon photo and so you can see camera faithful landscape neutral portrait and standard those are the modes that are in there the problem um for me becomes i'm shooting mostly Leica, Leica like, a, uh, like a lumix jesus i'm gonna get fired mm.
1: um <laughs> <laughs> and um those are not in here so if we okay go, well there you go That maybe that's a, a request that we have to bring back and, and talk to the team about could we make the lumix ones available
0: there we go that'd be great because there are some very nice looks in there and it's not just the uh the camera profiles. There's also what are they? They're called art modes, and some of them, a lot of them, are kind of ridiculous. Um, but some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are really yeah. cool. Might be a little bit harder to recreate because a little bit of weird stuff happening in there. But, uh. mm-hmm. but anyway, that's good to know, though. That is good to know. So for those who don't, uh, who are shooting one of the other camera manufacturers who's, whose camera is represented here, that's good to know that you do have that capability. Right.
1: And then you could... But to answer your question, just real quickly, mm, sorry to interrupt no. you, but you, you were actually asking the question like, hey, let, what about the JPEG and RAW workflow and, and how can this work in the future? And we recognize that there are uh, scenarios in which a JPEG with RAW workflow makes sense. And as you've been mentioning, you've been asking Tom for a while. Um, there there are, of course, there are many things that happen behind the scenes and lots of conversations and discussions. And, of course, it's impossible to say what will happen when or if it will happen. But um, all I can say is, hey, we hear you. Yeah, no, I I, I know
0: <laughs> I've worked in that, in that side of the industry. I, I totally get how it works from this side. All I can do is keep on asking. Keep right. on asking. All right. Thank you, Josh. This has been tremendous. No We've had a lot of fun here, seen a lot of good stuff, um, and definitely learned a thing or two. Where can people learn more? Let's start with the product itself, with Adobe Lightroom Mobile. Not sure. that anybody couldn't figure that one out. But where's the best place to go to learn more
1: about it? Well, you can go to lightroom.adobe.com. Uh, that's kind of the entry point for Lightroom on the web, as well as uh, links to Lightroom Mobile and Lightroom Desktop. Um, and that way, you can get information about the product. You can download uh, download links to download the product. You can even start using. Lightroom on the web directly there uh, and that way you can sort of see what the product can do what the ecosystem is like um, but otherwise of course you can just go into your uh, iTunes store or into the Google Play and download Lightroom for your iPhone, iPad, Android devices etc cetera, etc cetera. or also if you want to and you're already using Lightroom don't forget about Lightroom for Apple TV <laughs> That, you know, I
0: showed that off on, uh, on my photo moments show one morning when that first came out, brought in my Apple TV, plugged it in here and had it all fucked up to the switching system. It's cool. It's a neat way to, yeah. neat way to see the pictures. Very good. And then uh, you mentioned a blog.
1: Things. Yes, uh, we have a blog. I mean, it's all the um, uh, the, the product managers for Lightroom. Okay. We we share the Lightroom Journal. I, I even forget the <laughs> the URL. It's like one of those autocomplete journals uh, okay. on my uh, thing. Like it's just Lightroom Journal. I'm sure if you googled it, you would find it. Okay, well, uh, but shoot that to me later. I'll put it on a lower I'm i shoot
0: that over to me later. I'll put it on a lower third right here. So sure. people watching sure, this, it's, it's it's here. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and then where can people follow you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that that you want to share?
1: Yep. Sure. All of them. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Insta um, and as well as on, um, gosh, all the places. Uh, my website is JoshHaftel.com. My Insta is Josh Haftel. My Twitter is Josh Haftel. My Flickr is Josh Haftel. Excellent. Uh, it's it's. Yeah, I, I was not very creative with my hand. No, well, you shouldn't be. That's good. It makes it easier for people to find you. Yes. L- luckily, there are not that many Josh Habdills out there. So it was easy. I think there's only three of us in the world. Wow. <laughs>
0: and you're the most tech-savvy one, so
1: you're right on it. I don't know about that. <laughs> I have not met the other one. They may be more <laughs> tech-savvy than I am.
0: All right, fair enough. Sounds good. All right, well, thank you again, Josh. Appreciate you having you on. So that does bring us to the end of another episode and the end of the first episode of season two of our little apps show. Thank you so much for coming along. I'm your host, Photo Joseph. You can find out more about me and follow me on all the socials at Photo Joseph. Photo Joseph Everywhere, just like Josh Haftel, everywhere, it's simply Photo Joseph everywhere. Because no one could spell my last name. So if mine was my last name, forget about it. It's a funny story. Yeah. I actually used to have, I mean, I still have it, josephlinashke.com but that's it that was a terrible website to give people <laughs> just awful I can imagine so photo joseph it is so that's it folks with that it's time to put your lens cap back on and go edit some photos